We start saying, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. The morality's so bad. This is the sign of the end times. But I think it actually does potentially show our lack of understanding of history. And I actually think it's quite offensive to Christians who lived through the Spanish Inquisition. Christians today who are living in Egypt and and facing fierce persecution. And for us to say that the way our world is is a sign of the end times is is quite naive in that sense of saying that, oh, this is so dark compared to the rest of history. Well, welcome back to the Christians in Culture podcast. My name's Adam Bear. I'm from C3 at Picton. I'm here with uh, Jimmy Brennan. I'm the uh, from C3 Camden. I'm the one of the young adults pastors there. And I am Rowan Bell. I'm lead pastor at Camden and Picton C3. Did I say Picton? Picton. 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 That's so good. So we've just. This is episode number three. Um, and to recap the last two episodes, well, the first one was just really an introduction into our heart and the reasoning behind this episode. Uh, the second episode was when we covered some politics. politics. Yep. Um, and we should did cover politics in great depth. Politics didn't we? in great depth. Should Christians uh, engage in pol- politics? This is a highly, uh, highly public kind of professional outfit we have here. I'm going to stop and turn the air conditioner off that you can probably hear through the microphones in the background. We might just do that one. Yes, we'll get rid of it. You just carry on with your introduction. Yeah, so Christians in politics, we we covered should Christians be in politics and we're unanimous Mm. that Christians should, yes, be in politics, Mm. uh, but they should be very mindful um, how they engage, knowing full well that they are ambassadors for Christ in whatever mm. um, walk of life that they find themselves in. Yep. So this episode, we will be talking about secularism, which is a uh, a term that will be defined shortly mm. when yeah. Rowan, Pastor Rowan gets back. So I'll start out with a question. Mm. We hear a lot of terms like postmodern, secular, secular, secular. Yes, secular. We were just sort of prepping so we would say that correctly, yeah, weren't we? I know. I was nailing it, and then you I were lost until it. the podcast pressures started. on. Mm. So we hear things like postmodern, secular, post-Christian. What does secularism actually mean? And is it a good or a bad thing? Mm. Good question. Would you like me to have a go, Jimmy? Yeah, you can go first. All right, sure. I think it actually depends upon who you ask. Uh, There are lots of different views and actually a lot of emotion around the issue of secularism and how it's defined. And so I think, you know, we can, maybe it's good to have some framework for what it means for us, Mm. but understanding that different people will come from different views. So essentially, Mm. I think it's the framework or the ideology that is pervading and underlying our society today. So... At its simplest root cause, it's fair to say secularism is the separation of church and state. This view that uh, the practice of religious institutions and state-run institutions should be completely separate from each other. If we start with that framework, uh, which is uh, probably elementary level, it will help us to to build upon everything else we're going to say. Yeah, so secular pretty much is just the world, what is going on, what's currently going on, um, it's just that is the world is a secular world. This sort of thing in terms of in terms of if you look at Australia, Australia is secular, yep. um, and then we are then there is there are Christian voices in there 
that speak into a secular world, but we're not necessarily a, not, nothing comes from a Christian background sort of thing. Yes, that that would be a good way to put it. That, yeah. that society has no official state religion. A secular society has no official state religion. Yeah. So that means that the government has no influence on how people within society practice a, practice their faith or their religious beliefs. Mm. Uh, in in reality. That tends not to be what we think of secularism. We think of secularism as people dictating what people can and can't believe religiously. Yeah. But in a, in a pure secular environment, the the government has no say on people's religious beliefs. But conversely, religious organisations have no right to impact the way society is governed. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of is works in both directions. Yeah. So yeah, so so it's for for a lot of people they might go, oh, that's a positive, but a negative. But I suppose that's. I think that's probably a, a positive across the board If, a, a, from a Christian point of view is that we have the freedom to practice our Christian religion. Um, we, we can say that we're out loud that we are Christians. Um, we don't have to face persecution for that. Um, well, we do, but probably not to a level that's actually that bad other than maybe mm. getting called names or yeah. having to maybe our feelings get hurt yeah. um, but no physical danger we don't face physical danger for being out, like um, outspoken in a for pure our, secular world uh, yeah. in a pure secular yeah. world uh, and then uh, like, so I think that's like or for me I see it like as a positive it's a it's an opportunity to really be able to share the gospel mm. rather than okay I won't go too far into anything else at the moment but yeah mm. I, th- I see it as an opportunity yeah yeah yeah, that's good. Yeah. And um, just for people that are listening, can you give an example of a society that's not secular? Sure, good question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jimmy. Um, well, so any like so, there are a lot of countries through um, through Asia and into um, well through the Asian province, I suppose, and the Asian continent, like that a, a Muslim background, like Indo- Indonesia, is a yep. Muslim country. Yep. Um, and then into head into the Middle East. Yeah, certainly. and into the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a country that doesn't. That, ha- that states that they are a nation f- behind a particular religion or cause. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because we talked in a previous subject about us being a Christian nation. Yeah. Um, and we think about that as being, you know, a lot of Christians think about, oh, that's a good thing. Mm. But essentially, mm. uh, most nations that are founded upon Judeo Christian views, mm. actually, this, the concept of secularism came from that. Hmm. So uh, you know you have Middle Eastern, uh, sorry, you have Middle Age Europe, which wasn't secular. Uh, you know you had the the monarchies, hmm. the, the the reigning uh, kings and queens hmm. of Middle Age Europe were all hmm. tended to be uh, Protestant or Catholic. You know, hmm. so they, they weren't secular societies. Then of course the United States came out um, hmm. as as almost in opposition to the abuse of the monarchies of Europe and came out with this secular thing. And so, and, and a lot of Christians as well were behind that separation. Yeah. Um, in fact, that I think in many ways the Christian belief that, uh, that all people are created equal and all people have uh, free will actually yeah. leads to inevitably a secular society yeah. where in reality it's not, it's not the society. It shouldn't be the society against any religion. It should just be a separating out of the religion. But the, yeah. I think the problem arises is that human nature gets in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And any time you have human nature, we have selfishness. And, and we've been talking about a big part of this whole series is about helping Christians not to just shoot from the hip but mm-hmm. think about what we say. Yeah. So we get problems arising, which you alluded to, Jimmy, when, when a secular government forms a policy that is opposed to the religious belief of an individual within 
the governance yep. of that government. Yeah. So we've got, you know, the issue, like the hot topic at the moment is Israel Falau issue. Well, we'll talk about that in, in more depth in a, in a later episode, but mm. that's an example of it. But, but even things like certain kinds of dress restrictions, um, such as, you know, Muslim headwear, mm. such as Sikhs wearing turbans in the military. Yeah. I don't know what the policy is on that, but I'm under, yeah. can a Sikh in the police force, do they have, are they, they allowed to wear? wear yeah. They can wear. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that. So yeah. they're able to not wear the police cap, but wear, yeah. wear that. Okay. So, That's right. They wear so, their own dress. Yep. Mm. So that is, that is a secular society that technically is doing what it should do, which is, is allow the freedom mm. for yeah. that particular religious belief to live out within society. Yeah. But that's not always black and white like that. No, that's you right. Know, um, we see that with, I think famously, when Pauline Hanson walked into Parliament with a full, what do you call it, hijab on. Yeah, hijab, yeah. You know, um, you know, when people say, well, you know, they have to take their hat off when they walk into the service station, I have to take their motorbike helmet off. Well, mm. you know, we mm. suddenly get a clash there. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. because even, so, yeah, I am a police officer. I do not speak for the New South Wales Police Force. That's so important I'll to mention that. that. Yeah, so, yeah, very important. Uh, I, you know... I speak for myself, but um, as a police officer, I will take my hat off as I walk into a RSL club. Right, where it's—I don't think we have to, but I do it out, out of respect for our diggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, that's the social norm. Mm. Um, whereas others who wear it for a religious purpose, they probably wouldn't wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's just an interesting aside. Mm. So we were talking a little bit about. I suppose, morality and society, um, which kind of leads us to the Ten Commandments, um, which we know kind of governed society in the Bible. So can we talk a little bit about what society was like in the Bible? Um, Were they secular? Were they religious? And what does that mean for us today in the the 21st century? Sure. Well, uh, well, maybe I should, before we get there, I'll just preface again what what I was touching on a minute ago. It's worth noting that Lots of Christians who deeply oppose secularism because they think it's all bad would probably find that they agree with most of the ideals of secularism. Uh, so I think it's worth just wrestling through that that separation of church and state. The government shouldn't be able to tell me how to live my life, for instance. Well, that's secularistic in mm-hmm. its viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, if the government tells me I have to have a certain religious beliefs well i like the fact that i'm free to practice my certain religious beliefs that's secularism. So within the context of um, the, the both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are dealing with a very different world, a non-secular yeah. world. Yeah, and I think that um, I suppose this is like it can be hard to, to share on and not be maybe a bit contentious because when you talk, like say we talk about the Old Testament and the, and the law that they lived under, so we had the Ten Commandments, mm. but the 400 and was it 613 613 laws um, and you and the way that they were governed mm. even is completely different to how we would see government I, I I'll probably do a really bad explanation but if you want to really dig into the law jump onto the Bible project podcast and they yeah. did a series on the law and yeah, it, April it, it blew my mind. I actually got it up here now because I thought of it as we we're talking about it. So it started in the first one was April 29th, uh, so episode 132, and it jumps April on. 29th, There's uh, five episodes and then a six episode of Q and R. So amazing um, stuff. About yeah, the law. and yeah. it was such an eye opening. So we look at the law as this is how the law is written in our in our current culture. We look at this is how the law is written, and then so 
it says do not speed. So the speed limit is 60. If you are doing 61, you can get pinged and get your fine and whatever for doing within within five kilometres over the speed limit or whatever the increments are. Yeah. Um, but then if you look at the the way that the laws were enforced in the in the times of the Old Testament is completely different. It's more of a communal law. It's not a black and white. This is right. This is wrong. Mm. It's a these are guidelines. Yeah. yeah. These are so that's this you know 613 laws. Um, some of them actually contradict themselves. Yes. It's, it, it, like I, and that might be challenging case for some. Law, they say is what we think. Yeah, of. Yeah, case law is what we think we of. Think of they're, and this they're is communal. This, this is a communal law. law. Yeah. So that's what, we. That's what we know the common law to be. Common law. So yes. The common yeah. law was only, you know, it is still around today. The yeah. reason police officers have armed and appointments is because of the common law. Right. Yeah. So I, I am a police officer yeah. by the common law. Yep. Um, and it's the generally agreed upon terms that society right. okay. yep. agree on. But when you're charging somebody, you're charging them according to case law. Yeah, yep. uh, under an act. Under yeah. an act, yes. Okay. Yeah. So then when we come to the times of the Old Testament and we're talking about this about common law or, or community, like a community-based law where yep. it's that these are, that the laws are guidelines mm. and that we are then to say, Okay, well, this is what it says. It's, it might say, uh, okay, if you um, go and steal someone's sheep uh, and then you use it, you take its wool and kill it to feed your family, mm-hmm. you are then ordered to pay back, you know, three times that or seven times that or ten times that to the person uh, for like in, in damages. Say if that was what the law said, it'll come before the judge or the Whoever the head, the head of the community, the ma- like, yep. and would say, okay, well, this is what the law says, um, but they might go, you've got a sheep over there, yeah, it might be a bit young, give it to them, uh, or, and and that's that's payment. Or they might go, you've got a you've got you know, fifteen cattle over there, you've got to give them five, and plus any your next set of younglings, and you know the calves that come out, and so they could use that as a base. That's like a base sort of. To go off, yep. but then they just sort of how they feel that the community would say is a fair way to turn back, yep. and that's the, I suppose that's sort of what the Old Testament law, which is which was a my like I never thought about it that way, no, quite, even though I sort of knew. Yeah. I never really thought about it until I, I listened I'd to that. thought about it at all. I, I think I'd thought about you know the six hundred and thirteen laws as being case law, that, yeah, but not thinking about the fact that. Mm. They seem to violate their own laws all the time, yeah. recognizing that the punishments never fit the the law. So it was yeah. designed to be guiding principles. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important because, and the intention being that it was a deeply religious society, and the intention was that those who were administering the law would have the yeah. would have access to the wisdom of God yeah. to be able to administer law on on His behalf mm. rather than relying upon. Precedents in case law, yeah. uh, which which we rely on everything in precedents in yeah. case law. So it's a very you're exactly right. Yeah. It's a very deeply religious society in the Old Testament yeah. and in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, in the New Testament, you've got the Romans who were incredibly pagan, worshipped all kinds of gods. The whole society, their economy was based around paganism. Their economy was based around religion. And so they were expected as a community to worship the pagan gods together for the benefit of the community. And if they weren't participating in that, yeah. they were seen to be 
economically divisive, yeah. which you can straight away see as a problem for new Christians in the first century because suddenly they're not going to temple anymore. They're not so, doing those things. They're facing uh, a deeply uh, religious community. In fact, you know, the Christians were the ones who were accused of being atheists, mm. which is ironic to us. Yeah. Because, you know, secularism says most atheists tend to park themselves in the secular circle today. But in that day, Christians, because they wouldn't, they weren't regarded as, as deeply religious. They worshiped, they worshiped one God. Mm. His name was Jesus. They didn't, they didn't worship multiple gods. They were seen to be uh, arg against the, the greater good of this mm. deeply religious society. And obviously, by the time of the mid, uh, I think about the mid-first century, you know, it got to the point where, actually, no, it was prior to that. It was in the mid-first century B.C., that uh, Julius Caesar had actually, uh, I think it was Augustus Caesar. He's I'm checking my Roman history here. Augustus Caesar actually uh, led to the cult of Rome. So uh, Julius had, was replaced by Augustus, and Augustus actually set himself up as God. Mm. So they were worship. They were expected to worship Caesar as God. So yeah. deeply religious people. And the problem with that, I think, is because now, for the first time in in all of human history, we're seeing society move away from being centered around religion mm. to being yep. a secular society mm. um the problem with that of course i think is that is that when people say when we think secular society many christians think atheists mm. we think oh you know the people who are secularists are atheists well, but atheism is a belief system yeah. mm. it's it's no mm. less a belief system yeah. than what you and i mm. have as christians yeah yeah that comes with its certain beliefs around socio-political beliefs, economic beliefs, behavioural, ethical mm. ramifications, all of that comes into it. And the problem becomes, I think, when really we say we're secular, but in its purest sense, secular might be good, but secular has not is still a religious belief system. Yeah. And therefore, when a Christian belief system or an Islamic belief system or any other belief system comes into conflict with a secular belief system, mm. you got a problem. Yeah. 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 Good. So I... I wonder, have we answered the question, like, what does that mean for us in the 21st century, like, for today? I think, uh, you know, I, I, my thoughts on it would be to be aware enough to know that the, the secular world we live in carries with it its own belief structure mm. yeah. so that we aren't caught off guard by that. Mm. And... And for us to be aware that for, for a long time throughout human history, uh, the, throughout certainly in, in the Western world, the pseudo-Christian worldview, mm. the monarchy, so on, there was a large sense in which uh, the worship of Jesus, worship of God, was at least culturally acceptable. Whether people worship God and truly were Christians is, is a different issue, different argument, but the worship of God was culturally acceptable. Yep. Um, now we live in a society where the worship of God is not really culturally acceptable anymore mm. and, and becoming less so. So I think being aware of that mm. means it's helpful for us uh, because otherwise otherwise we're trying to fight to maintain something that is, is drifting further away from us. And we're going to distance ourselves further from the world that we're trying to reach if we just keep planting our flag in the sand and saying this we want to stand for what we want mm. um, while the world drifts on and just we become more obscure more obsolete mm. more separated from the reality of the people we're called to reach that's my yeah. concern for us mm. in the 21st century mm. and that's what like i don't want to get 
like a, I suppose C three centric, but that's what I love about our church is that the whole point is that um, we want to meet culture where they're at. Um, we don't just want to sort of stick ourselves in the in the in the sand and say this is where we are, mm-hmm. and you know, and just stay stuck there. Yeah. Um, we want to move, but at the same time, like we are, we are firmly planted in Jesus. Yeah. Yes. That's and. We can be firmly planted in Jesus, but still move with the culture. Yeah. Mm. We can still we can still reach the culture. We can still have elements of the culture, cha- like influence the way that we approach things, but doesn't change what we believe, who we yeah. stand for, and and we're not watering down. We're still just as strong as we as we always have been and always will be in our faith and the way we proclaim that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such an important thing because it like you know if we go back. In that, like, if we look at the way that the Old Testament, New Testament times, uh, that they were, they had so much more on the line, and they were still just as bold to yes. to speak out sure. against what was going on. They were able to, you know, they were the culture. They mm-hmm. were a part of the culture, and then they, you know, they still spoke out against what was going on. Yet when we get to now, is that. We, I don't know. There seems to be this thing where we want to pull ourselves out of culture, or there's there there seems to be a want to pull out of culture because we feel as though that it might either taint us or it might mean that we're watering down the gospel. Yeah. Um, mm. But if we're nothing is nothing can overpower Jesus. Yeah, That's nothing nothing stronger yep. than than Jesus. So if so if our fear based, isn't it's, it? Yeah. So if we if we are strong and firm in what we believe and we have knowledge to back up what mm. we believe mm. um, then we should be able to go out and be a part of culture we should yeah. be able to engage in culture yeah. and we should be able to have let culture influence us because if our base is strong yeah only the good things are going to be able to Correct. influence us from good outside point. of the the yeah. church and it won't be the things that could corrupt us oh, yeah. sorry if you heard that bump on the microphone there but i was doing air quotes corrupt yes but it's like we should be able to, if we, if we have a, that strong if base, we're resilient enough in our faith, yeah, that we shouldn't, shouldn't be fearful no. that somehow we'll be tainted by the world. No, yes, definitely, so and that, and that's that's why secularism, you know, is such a, a great thing for us because we've got this great opportunity to actually go out because we're not the hardest thing about if it was I don't know if we're going to talk about it or not. If we're not in a Christian culture. You know, if you're in a Christian culture, we're in a persecu- it's like a real persecuted yeah, Christian, yeah, cult, where Christians yeah. are persecuted. If we're in a, a culture where pre- prison, yeah. then then you've got to be really strong in your faith because right. the consequences are life and death. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But then if we're in if we're in the other side, where if say like the states where they still say it's it's a Christian culture, mm. yeah, South, okay, it, tends to it, a, it yeah. might it might be easy to get people to come along to church. But it might be harder to actually create disciples of Christ. Yes, come on. Exactly, yeah. And so that we're in this secular society where yeah. Australia we can't like you know it hasn't been for a long time. It might have had it might have looked like it for a while, yeah. but it hasn't been for a long time mm. um, a Christian um, Christian society. So we it's now secular. We should be able to now go out there and really be able to make an impact on culture. I agree. And we should be really be able to make an impact on um, on the way that people view. Christianity and view Christ in particular yeah. because I think a lot of people have this idea of oh I'm okay with God mm. um, but that whole Jesus guy you know Christian mm. stuff I'm not that, too okay with or I don't mind that like you know I'm spiritual but I'm not religious yeah. um, or you get the um, oh I'm okay with Jesus 
Jesus is pretty cool, but that whole rest of that church stuff, I'm not that good yeah. with. Yeah. And th- we should be able to reshape the narrative in this time yeah. if we are strong in our faith, yeah. if we're strong in who we know, and we're able to back ourselves up yeah. and be, this is what I believe and why. And you can still go out, engage culture, let, mm. you know, and be, go, oh, hang on, there's something different about you, yeah. but not different in a weird way. Yeah. But I want to know why it is that you have that you are the way you are, and perhaps the further our society gets away from what we would consider to be uh, more traditional Judeo-Christian values, mm. actually creates opportunity yeah. for us to do that because yeah. there's is, there's more of a difference yeah. in in our attitude towards value system and so on. So, mm. you know, it's I guess it's true, isn't it, that historically mm. the church tends to grow on the fringe. Yeah. And so we're we're heading into an opportune time. I, I yeah. don't really believe I think what I'm hearing you say too mm. is so good. I don't believe this is a time to be fearful. This is nah. a time mm. to be hopeful. Yeah. While while people are comfortable, mm. while society is accepting of God, for instance, mm. and it's I, I think mm. that it's harder to preach the gospel than it is uh, you know, that I was read an article, actually, I came across an article this week, and I haven't read the whole article, that said that the fastest growing church in the world right now is in Iran. Wow. So It's crazy. That's crazy. And it's not in the walls of a building. Mm. But it's the fastest growing church. So that's mm. proof, isn't it, that, yeah. that Christianity mm. can thrive yeah. in a culture of persecution. Mm. And it's just like you are breathing life into people that don't know about it. You're giving the opportunity to meet Jesus, mm. and we're, we're go- we've got a whole generation of kids that haven't grown up and just right. being sent along to church yep. to learn morals. My generation um, was probably the last one to just yeah. be sent to church. Yeah, like even like you, you know, less kids are going to Sunday schools. There's yeah. less kids that are going to youth groups. Um, but even when they go to youth groups, it's you know, it's still like, but they're not really engaging much in who Jesus is. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that haven't stepped foot in a church haven't really had a proper conversation with a Christian. Yep. Um, great opportunities. It's great opportunities for us yeah. to be able to, to create those those conversations, be able to be that, that shining light, that, you know, being able to show who Jesus is mm. through who we are mm. and how strong it. that is in us. It's good, Jimmy. And there was even a time in the Bible when Jesus, you know, he stood and he talked to the woman at the well and he yeah. said, there'll become a time when true worshippers will worship in spirit and, and that was yeah. against culture. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And mm. I think I think it might have been Pastor Owen that said something the other day about how like there I think there is coming a time where disciples of Christ will will shine a lot more than Christians have, like yeah. air quote Christians have mm. in the past. Mm. Um, the juxtaposition or the the, the difference between mm. those in the world and those in the church mm. will kind of be distinguished yes. for itself. A good yep. word, distinguished. Yes, yeah, yes. more obvious. Yeah, and mm. the and I, I'm finding more and more that churches that um, are listening to the Holy Spirit are transcendent in their worship and unashamed in their praise and the church is truly becoming that city sat on a hill Mm -hmm. that is different yeah yeah and it's okay for us to be different because Mm. we are of a different kingdom Mm. yeah Um, and the world is, has has had its day and it's yeah. had its chance to fulfil the needs of mm. society and they've come, come up wanting. And, mm. you know, f- social media and all of these other things that are, mm. while they're 
they're good they're not mm. great for society yeah. they are causing more and more separation mm. they're causing isolation they're causing more and more of mm. um, a culture of comparison and and we know that mm. that is doing more harm than it yeah. is good mm. yeah. Um, yeah and it's just one more avenue for the church to shine a light into mm. culture social media and and things like that i agree yeah. i think we need to start whenever we quote rowan i think we're gonna to have to say that great theologian the bishop pastor pastor the bishop, the bishop rowan bell i wouldn't say i was a great theologian <laughs> we're all I'm theologians we're we're all theologians we're if we theologians. if we are interpreting scripture and interpreting our christian co- into the culture we are theologians well that's deep so that's that's one thing. That's one thing I took from um, th- from my uh, my masters, not masters, bachelor of theology and pastoral care. That we're all interpreting theology yeah. into the community, into yeah. the culture. I love it. It's good, very good. Even when we're not. Oh yeah. Even when, even when we don't realize we yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. That's probably all, that's probably yeah. when we're doing it the most. Is yeah, when we're not right, even yeah. thinking about Which it. Because then that'll truly show who we are. That's yeah. Right. Good or bad. Hence, Hopefully why we are good. hoping to maybe at least challenge some of us to think th- these things through because we Definitely. do it subliminally without even realizing it yep so given that societies in the past were always kind of um living to worship uh, mm-hmm. a god whether yep. it be our god or mm. some other kind of god yep how did we end up here when yeah, in a secular did, world. Yeah, how did yeah. we end up in this place where it seems like society is living as hard as it can to, to I suppose, worship self as opposed to God? Yeah, well, I think a lot of Christians will be surprised to hear that Christianity had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I touched on that a moment ago, mm. a little while ago, uh, that in some degree it's because of Christianity that led us in this direction. For yeah. instance, our belief in the, the value of all humanity, the, the fundamental belief that all people are given free will, therefore we cannot uh, legislate and should not legislate to people what they should believe. Now, of course, Christian Europe didn't do that very well in the Dark Ages, but as, as the Protestant Reformation has formed, uh, that has been part of that. But our sociologists, especially in, in Western cultures, they refer to three three cultures mm. and so the first culture if you like it sort of predates the christian era it's it's the the uh, paganism the polytheism worship of multiple gods um and that was pretty much pretty much worldwide yeah. across all cultures in all communities that was worldwide until really the christianization of the roman empire in the fourth century so once that happened that changed certainly europe changed the framework of europe to become what they what sociologists call second culture which is monotheistic so we have polytheistic in the first culture monotheistic that worship predominantly in the west um, and it pushed against the first paganistic mm. culture and and denied the worship of all gods now of course we also saw that pick up again in the eighth seventh eighth century whenever muhammad came along when he went into the middle east and and muhammad was fiercely monotheistic and he he believed his responsibility was to break down the paganism that was remaining in the arabian peninsula so he did something similar so you end up with you end up with a monotheistic culture believing in one god uh, and of course muslims allah and christianity in jesus um, and so that was second culture and that mm. pervaded and still pervades much of middle eastern 
the Middle Eastern culture under Islam today, but in, in Europe, uh, that was predominant. And now what we've seen in the last probably, probably since the Industrial Revolution, but mm. certainly even more so in the, in the course of the last century, mm. is what sociologists call the third culture. Um, and that that defines itself as deconstructing any religious belief. So mm. what tended to happen is the second culture was anti well, it was against, I don't even know how to say that, the, the second culture was against the paganistic first culture, yeah. the polytheistic first culture. This one is against all faiths. So secularism is this thing of we are not going to allow our society to be dictated by any religious faith. Mm. So, but, but it does come from that belief, mm -hmm. I think, that Christians say, well, we're not going to tell you how to live your life mm. because God's given you free will. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad mm. thing necessarily. Mm. Um, but we can fall into this trap of thinking, well, okay, now now we're right. Now that uh, we live in the West, we've got it all figured out. We're, mm. we're right about it. The rest of the world is, mm. is wrong. And I think mm. that's potentially dangerous. Mm. We, we yeah. make some pretty serious mistakes when we do that. And I, I know that this isn't necessarily um, something that you might have researched a lot, but I just thought I'd throw the question out there is that do we think that that, that third culture that's come along, that's mainly – in the West, isn't it? Because if you look at Eastern culture, they're still very in that even like their paganism polytheistic air, like area where they've got multiple gods and things yes. like that. And and so uh, being spiritual and being religious and worshiping God or gods isn't is actually still cultural. Yeah. So yes. we're now, but that's that that's in Eastern yes. culture. They're very much more spiritual. Where you look in the in the in the West, we're very much trying to push that away. Yes. Yes. Are we? And that's yeah, and I think it does depend upon the society. Like I was in the Philippines in 2000, you know, staunchly religious culture, very steeped in Catholicism. So I remember being in taxis and, you know, rosary beads on every taxi. And I don't know to what degree they live it out, but mm. I would say they still have that strong belief. Or you go to South America. Mm. I, I couldn't comment on South America in terms of, I don't, haven't done my research into South America in terms of how westernized it is. Uh, but my understanding is that oh, pretty much most of the Hispanic world, that's why the Philippines as well, mm. because the, most of the Hispanic world is still deeply rooted in Spanish Catholicism. Yeah. And so that does come out. And then, of course, you go to, you know, Thailand, where I spent a lot of time, still very Buddhist. Mm. Uh, Japan would be a secular society, but still has... Yeah. has I remember a friend of mine who spent a lot of time in Japan witnessing to people from Japan... Mm often would hear but if i become a christian then i won't be japanese anymore yeah yeah it's like wow that's that is a culture that's really tied yeah and so was religion. that released linked to was the japan the sense of J japanese there was that linked to buddhism or was that separate yeah. from it? no linked to linked to buddhism yeah so if yeah. i'm not a buddhist then i'm not i'm japanese not japanese anymore. yeah mm. so that's yeah. a good example mm. yeah and of course you've got the russians mm who really had a complete breakdown of yeah. of any religious society and up until the turn of the you know up until the early 1900s was was as religious as mm. all of europe yeah mm. and then you have a complete turn on its head and it becomes the rise of the soviet union and becomes mm. completely atheistic mm. yeah it's interesting <coughs> excuse me yeah mm. all right well in in light of all of that is it too late for for us to return to the Christian worldview, um, I suppose I'll like 
do we need to return to a Christian worldview in the terms of not being secular? Um, I like I. I don't think it's too late, but at the same time, is that because I, you know, I'm I'm not God. I can't say what will and won't and can't happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that I would more like to know is that do we need to go back to a Christian worldview? Mm. We should be impacting like what like if why should we we be worried about the Christian worldview? We should we be really looking at that? Okay, we want to be Christians, yes, and we want to disciple to people to become Christians, yeah. and then regardless you know, of regardless of what the worldview is, yeah, because if we if we start trying to worry about changing all these things really external. It's when the that's when the internal falls apart. Yes. So if we're looking at yep. culture all the time and saying Great that point. needs to get changed, that needs to get changed, you know, this we have to be a Christian nation. We have to push away from from this secularism business. Like we need to become Christian. It's like, well, no, we're we're not. I think you know the you know the th- great theologian Bishop Rowan Bell said is that. Um, Sorry, I throw myself off by throwing that out there. <laughs> um, but um, that you know, if we're trying to push people, um, oh damn it, I shouldn't have done that. You've completely yeah, lost yeah. So if we if we try and push people to say um, we're talking about Christian worldview and we want to say that oh, he's gone, gone. Someone else go and I'll get really like what you're saying about do we need to? Yeah, do we because, need to? And it, uh, it's very. Easy mm. to pass the buck yeah. when we mm. our ideal is something yeah. that is completely unachievable. Mm. Yeah. So we might yeah. we might bark up a tree yeah. till the cows come home, but yeah. not actually achieve our purpose. Yeah. And what you're saying mm. is that we need to be Christians. We need to be disciples yeah. that make disciples that make yeah. disciples. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what we're called to. Yeah. That's Jesus. building the kingdom of God yeah. on the earth. Exactly. Yeah. And Jesus didn't mm. call us to to go and Christianize through political means, through right. societal yeah. values. Go and make yeah. disciples, and, yeah. and he yeah. taught the disciples how to wash feet. Yeah, you know? mm. yeah. And, yeah. And, and you can't go up to Scomo and wash his feet. Yeah, you know, mm. we have to do that with our neighbour. Yes, yeah. we have yeah. to do that with mm. those who we have moral yeah. authority. Yeah. authority with the moral authority. That's where I was going to because we're just talking about the moral authority. This so, is yeah, a raw podcast, guys. Yeah. This is the way it works on Christians in culture. Yeah. We don't edit anything out. No, we just we just have discussions. Just you just you're in you're in a discussion with three guys sitting around a table in a yeah. freezing cold room, yeah. which now pizza. now is a little bit warmer. It's a little bit warmer. We realised yeah. that the air conditioner was actually on air conditioning and not on heating. Yeah, apparently guys are good with technology, but hey. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like about having moral authority. Like if we go out and trying to change. Um, think, like that's what the church has tried to do is try to go out and change culture and go out and do all these things in this big grand scale but then on the like but really have we been ch- making have disciples we been on the have we been changed yeah. have yeah. we actually are we actually living as Christians or have we been cultural Christians yeah. and yeah. saying we're Christian saying that the world needs to be Christian but not really doing anything about it yeah have we have we actually been doing that? No, like, yeah. do we have we have to look at ourselves first, yeah. and go and be selfish in that way and say, am I a strong Christian? Am I really going to be able to be a great representation of Christ in yeah. the in this secular world if I'm not great? I know that not not saying like be perfect, but you have to be strong in what you believe. You have to know why you believe yeah, it. I agree. I know there's plenty. Like I know that 
you know, there's plenty of things that I'm not great at. I know that I stumble all the time. I know that, um, that you know, that I still sin. I mm. know that I don't um, read the Bible as often as I should all the time. Mm. But I know that I, I'm strong in what I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the gospel. I believe, mm. um, you know, I believe in the power that the church can have in changing lives in communities and in yeah. people. Yes. And I want to be able to be strong in those things and continue to work on myself. And if, as I'm doing that and and having faith in that, then I'm going to continue to be able to then influence people and to be able to um, to speak to people. And I know, I can, you know, if anyone that I know that listens to this that I've played sport with, I know that I've probably sworn on the field and said, you know, horrible no. things. You know, I oh, like. I know that I've done. Like, I, I know that I've, I've played done. sport with you, Jimmy. I've seen mm. you throw your baseball bat. Yeah, I throw on. Yeah, I throw on a bat. I probably sworn less in that playing baseball because you're. Less, but like you know, it's just yeah. I I know that I'm not perfect, and mm-hmm. I know that I've done my thing. But I know that my what my heart is, yeah. and I need to continue working on that so that people see my heart and not just see the one-off action sure. that exactly isn't right. a true representation of, of who, who I am. Because if people who actually know me yeah. will not know will know that okay, that's not who I am. The long obedience in the the, the yeah. right direction is yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. And I think that's exactly why we don't have to go back to a Christian worldview yeah. because we're individual followers of Christ um, and what we would have said was a Christian society was more of a um, moralistic society yes. than they were actual yeah, followers Christian of Christian moral society. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And, and that's, the, that's the distinction between that then and now mm. um, that in a post-Christian world... Christianity kind of gets really down to business. And, yes. And and we, we really start... We work out really what matters. To, yeah. yeah. And and more often than not, I say to my friends, you know, I'm, I'm really unashamed of the gospel mm. because that's what has saved me. Yes. Yeah. Not my good works. It's not yeah. my, you know, pull my bootstraps up and, and do better. It's mm. the fact that I was mm. lost and now I'm found. Mm. I was dead in sin. I'm alive in Christ. Yeah. And, and that mm. is the, the good news mm. that mm. we are called to, to take into yeah. the world. Mm. Um, yeah. And when we were talking about, I can't remember your point, mm. but it, it made me think about even in church, the idea of like the 10% do 90% of the work. It's, a, it's an adage that we have in the church. Yeah. And it's not, it shouldn't be that way. No, no. And like a, a disciple, one of the marks of a disciple is that they're a servant. Mm. Yeah, laying yeah. down their lives. And yeah, they not only are laying down their mm. life here in the church, but mm. out in mm. the world. And they yeah. and, and the people that are out in the world, they come into the church and they say, hang on a second, they're the mm. same out there yeah. as they are in here. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? What's the, yeah. yeah. I need to be. I That's why be persecution here. actually does sort out. Uh, disciples from yeah. from attenders, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 100% in agreement with both of what you guys mm. are saying with regards to do we even need to go back to that moralistic yeah. Christian, unquote, mm. Christian, quote, unquote, mm. uh, worldview. Uh, I'm also vividly aware that there'll be listeners who who probably will will quite vehemently disagree with that. I, mm. I know Christians who, who really do... Uh, bemoan the fact that the world is going the way it is, and I'm sure mm. they mean well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for, to hear us say, well, do we need to go back that way? Or mm. I would actually say that short of a revival, that mm. horse has bolted. Mm. Um, you know, we're certainly in the, in the mm. season we're in. 
we aren't going back. Um, can, yet. I, can I ask you to speak into it from a theological point of view in mm. relation to like end times eschatology and sure. all, and what we read in in the Bible? Sure. Well, is it possible to go back? Um, I actually. See, we'll talk a little bit about end times at some point in the podcast from from memory uh, when I prepared it. Um, my view on even on eschatology is changing over time. But let, let's maybe if uh, yeah, a lot of people will say, "Oh, this is the end times," and so on. Mm. Uh, the, you know, the sign that a society is going this way. I actually think that that's probably not good theology. Okay. Uh, and the reason I think that is because it's what I was saying earlier about how we tend to sanitize the past. Right. I mean, we start saying, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, the morality's so bad, this is the sign of the end times. Mm-hmm. It actually, sh- I think, and I, please hear me if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to be offensive, but I think it actually mm. does potentially show our lack of understanding of history. Yep. And I actually think it's quite offensive to uh, to Christians who who, for instance, lived through, uh, you know, lived through the Spanish Inquisition, yeah. for off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, Christians who went through uh, society, Christians today who are living in Egypt mm. and, and yeah. facing fierce persecution. And for us mm. to say that the way our world is, is a sign of the end times, is, mm. is quite naive in that mm. sense of saying that, oh, this is so dark compared to the rest of history. Mm. In reality, I would say that our society is, uh, and this isn't, once again, this isn't to belittle some of the horrible things that do happen in our world mm. and, and those that have suffered extreme abuse and, mm. and the tortures of, and the horrors mm. of this world. I'm not, I'm not mm. belittling that, but I'm mm. saying in the grand scheme of society, mm. I think that's a naive statement to make because yeah. our world is actually in a re- still in a relatively good place compared to. Mm. Yeah. I, can, I can hear the voices of people ready to switch the podcast off as I say that, yeah. but yeah. but all I would challenge you to do is, is do a bit mm. of research into history and also to when if you're listening to this and you, and you are kind of feeling as though, oh, you know, these guys are defeatist about this, we, hopefully you're hearing our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Jimmy spoke at length about this. We're not defeatist. We're actually very hopeful. Yeah. We actually believe yeah. that, that the, the further our society gets away from that traditional Christian morality actually creates opportunity for the church to thrive and flourish. So yeah. I'm actually full of hope. And, mm. and I would actually encourage those people who feel like, oh, the world is so bad right now, mm-hmm. to maybe question yourself and think, what are the motives for what's driving mm. you to say this? And, mm. and I can't tell you what you're thinking, but I wonder if at its core is a bit of fear. Mm. is a bit of fear of what's the world going to look like. Mm-hmm. And that concerns me because if you're motivated by fear of what mm. the world will look like for your kids, and I get mm. that, I don't want my kids to grow up in a, in a bad world, mm. in a world that isn't peaceful and so on. Mm. But if I park my emotion and mm. think about what's going to be most effective for my children, it's teaching them how to live in a world that is against them yeah. and how to live and lay down their lives for Christ, that mm. is probably a better way to view it. I don't know yeah. if that answered the question, but... Yeah. It, yeah. that. It definitely does, and it brings it to our next question as well. Did you want to add something before we oh, go? Oh, I again? just want to like, as much as I said that you know that I don't think we will go back to a Christian worldview and that we don't need to. Yeah, I would love it to, to really go to a Christian yeah worldview, yeah, yeah. not like because I think before a lot of the time is when we talk about a Christian worldview and when people or when anyone sort of talks about it, it's talking about a Christian moral. Yeah. Like society, rather than, rather than Christian disciples, disciples that are yeah. that—that's what the world's made of. I would, you know, I would love for that to happen yeah. because, you know, you'd see, I think you'd see real change in in the world. You see real, like you'd see things happening. But I, I just don't, I don't think 
that we will that we will get to that point. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not upset that we we don't because I see it as a real opportunity for us to really go out there and make disciples. And yeah. like people, you, it's too hard to sit on the fence now. Yeah, you can't true. sit on the it's fence. You can't be a lukewarm Christian. Yes, it's hard. It's getting you know, I think in a Christian a moral worldview, you can be a yeah. you can be a lukewarm Christian. That's right. Because um, you can measure up to the moral standards yeah. of the. Of you can society. come and you can sit in the pews yeah. or sit in the chairs or where, have, around a table, however you do it. Um, but and when you the can, world and the media person, but when it, yeah, when it, and then you up. have to, and then people ask for your point of view because you are a Christian. Christian, mm. you know, then you have to make a choice. Do I want to continue identifying as a Christian yeah. when I'm going to ask all these hard questions? I'm going to have to make hard choices. I can't just sit on the fence. Yeah. Um, regardless, because, you know, even if you're a Christian, you're going to have to make choices about where you stand mm. and you might even be against other Christians. Yes. Yeah. And that's still going to be, that's almost even a harder that becomes place to be. It? Yeah. So, um, it's just Good like, thought. yeah, we're in a great opportunity here. I think it's so. an opportunity. But yeah. You were going to ask a yeah, question, sorry, Adam. Yeah. No, it's good I point. Mean, but it's if- even like what you were saying is that, you know, the society has moved past the idea of everyone mm. turns up to church on Sunday. Yes. So yep. like the, you, you've got the Joneses that you always kept up with, kept up with, but mm. now the Joneses don't go to church, so you don't need to. You don't need to yeah. anymore. Right? No. And, and, mm. and that's where we're at. Can I, can I add to that? I, I know we'll talk about this at other points too, but picking up what you were saying, Jimmy, you know, I was saying about the darkness of the end times and all mm. that. I think a, a better way to look at it is the, the pattern, and we'll talk about this in other podcasts, as I said, the judges cycle, which we mm. see repeated, I think, seven times in the mm. book of Judges, that the nation turns to God, the nation gets comfortable and blessed becomes yeah. complacent yeah. Yeah. when it becomes complacent it turns, turns on away god. Yeah. when it turns on god it ends up in a bad place persecuted and they cry out and then to they god cry again. out to god and then they get blessed again they get delivered yeah. and they get blessed and that cycle repeats itself seven times mm. and i think what we're seeing and this is why i'm hopeful you know can can our nation turn back to god well i think that the way the next step for it turning back towards a christian perspective will not be by a restoration of christian morals it will actually be by a revival of disciples yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. a revival and we um, and i believe we we're, we're tipping towards that yeah so secularism is is starting to fail mm-hmm. um, i don't think it's i don't i think a few people are starting to wake up to the fact that the secularistic, idealistic worldview is starting to fail. Yeah. We're seeing this, for instance, in mm. in this view that, oh, the secular West is perfect, but you're starting to hear rhetoric around, well, hang on a second, the environment's mm. up the creek. Yeah. Hang on a second, how come we're comfortable, but we're here, social justice, for instance, it's okay mm. for us to live the, yeah. way, the way we are, but now people are starting you know, to speak, It's beca- even in the last few years, it's mm. become important and expected that mm. uh, clothing brands will say where they get their clothes from. Mm. Now, we didn't hear that rhetoric yeah. 10 years ago, mm. but yeah. now they're expected to. Why? Yeah. Because the secular world, Christ- mm. Western worldview is starting to wake up to the fact that, hang on, it's not enough for us to live comfortable while there's a million yeah. Urgia mm, Muslims right. in China yeah. that are making our clothes and so yeah. on. Yeah. Mm. So, I think it's waking mm. up to itself. And as that yeah. happens, yeah. that is now ripe for people to find Christ. Yeah, definitely. And then we're like, and we're in a such a comfortable, well-off place, but yet anxiety, depression, Correct. loneliness, suicide are all going up. Yes. And we're, you know, it's like it's showing that, okay, this secularist worldview isn't working, isn't necessarily working. Yeah. And the thing is that people are lacking, a lot of what are people lacking in community. Yes. Um, and as Christians, we say that the greatest form of community is found in the church yeah. with a group of Christians. Yes. Not just, you know, not just a building, it's yeah. a group of people that yes. get together mm. with, a, with a heart that wants to see their l- people's lives transformed by Christ, yeah. not by, you know, nothing 
untoward or anything like that. They want that's what they want to see. They want to see the best of four people. Yeah. And no matter what your background is, no matter where you're from, and you're all going to be from different places. And that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Yeah. You want to. That's community is what people are lacking, and I think that that's why one of the factors and why we're seeing a gr- uh, this growth, uh, this upward trend of depression, anxiety, yes. suicide, and loneliness mm. as well, which puts that church in the right the right, right position place. for the yeah. future. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because we all the the community that we have is transcendent to our culture and to mm. political, yes. like yep. everything yep. that we've been talking about so far. We are all we come to community together because we have all been saved by Jesus. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing that unifies us. Yep. You were gonna lead us to our final question our about final ten question. minutes ago. Yeah. Yes, Pastor Rowan, how should Christians interact with people that are secular or have that mm-hmm. secular, secular worldview? Very good question, Adam. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first thing to recognise is that most secularists aren't evil. Yeah. And I think sometimes we send that message that we think they are, mm. that they've got, you know, we say, oh, the, the gay agenda or the political agenda or mm. whatever. I think most people in the world, you know, we can maybe exclude Hitler from this. You get you're not a deluded person. But most people mm. aren't evil. Yeah. Most people genuinely want to do what they believe is right. Mm. Uh I remember having this conversation with my daughter prior to the election and we were talking about the Greens, for instance, you know, and, uh, and you know, I have some quite different values, moral values to a lot of what the Greens put forward. But I remember saying to her, I was saying, but Beck, the, I don't believe that, and there'll be Christians listening to this who completely disagree with me and you're entitled to that, but I said, I don't believe that the average Green is necessarily a bad person. I believe they are doing what they believe is right. I've, I've voted Greens once. You've voted Greens once. Okay. I've, I've, I'm a swing voter. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm very open about that. Yeah. And I have before voted for the Greens because I felt as though that, that a lot of their policies were the best. And for me, the most Christian... You felt that at the time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was still there was points which I was vehemently against, yep. mm. but like the majority of their main, main policies views, held to at time. that time yep. were that what I saw as the most Christian. That's why I voted for them. So there you go. So that shows me, and I can we can still we can disagree on that, yep. you know, and that's that's totally fine. Mm. And and I think it's important. So if we're interacting with people who have a secular worldview or any worldview that's different to our own, let's just recognise that they're not the enemy. Yeah. Um, and and even if we do view them as the enemy. Then I would say, uh, Jesus says, love your enemies. Love your, <laughs> love your enemies. So, I was going to so, jump in with that as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> and love your enemies. Lift the bar right and there. And ultimately, they're, they're made in the image of God, just yeah. like you are. Mm. Um, and the Greens, I mean, there, there are people, there are philanthropists in the world that yeah. do some of the best things that, yeah. and we celebrate them for that. Yeah. Um, and I would argue that it's probably the fact that they're made in the image of God, that they have a sense of justice mm. and they have a sense of charity mm. and, they, yeah. and they want to do good yeah. for the world. Yeah. Um, and that's a bridge to the gospel. Yeah. That's that should be our can, point of contact. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's a point of unity. We we yeah. also want to do the best yeah. for God's people. With, the, the, with the exception of a few crazies out there in the world, most mm. people want to live happy, peaceful lives. Yeah. Mm. And they believe that their worldview will do that. Now, as Christians, we would say we believe that it, that, that living a happy, peaceful world, the world being happy and peaceful. Mm is impossible without 
the transformed heart that Christ brings. Mm. That's our belief. Mm. Therefore, if that's truly our belief, I think when, when it comes to interacting with people, we're called to reach people with the news of Christ. We're called to bring that news to them. And and behavioral change or advocating for behavioral management is not going to bring about mm. that result that's yep. because without a changed heart underneath, nothing will change long-term. No. And so we need to make sure that our heart is being renewed and then hopefully we can uh, love people so that we can reach them. Yeah. Regardless of where they sit on the political spectrum, the social spectrum, we're called to love mm. our enemies. Yes. Or if they smoke cigarettes or drink or whatever it is that they do. Yes. Like, because, yep. you know, we, we all have our That's issues. such a small thing. I mm. unfortunately, eat too much food. Yeah. You know, like... Mm. Don't totally. exercise enough. Yeah. And, you know, and, and prone to watch have tattoos. Net, Netflix. I have tattoos. And, yeah. You know, and some of the things. They are your kids' names, mate. So that's oh, kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, that's okay. But I've got no issues with tattoos. I, the problem is I can't find one that I want to have on my body for the rest of my yeah. life yet. <laughs> I want to get I a tattoo. So like, I would more. love, but the thing is <laughs> that I can't I didn't find love anything. Playing guitars, I would, <laughs> I would have heaps of tattoos. If I didn't play so much sport, I'd probably have more money. Right. Yes, yeah, true. And that's the thing we, we've been talking about the fact that the church isn't called to behavior modification, no. mm. they are called to introduce people. To Jesus, who will transform their hearts yeah. yep. and, and ultimately forgive them of yes. their sins. Amen. Um, and when we go out into the world, Jesus didn't say go out in the world and change people, and he didn't say go out in the world and be mates with everyone. Mm. He said, Go out and make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a disciple will hear, uh, there's mm. so much in making a disciple, we might need to talk about that. Mm. Yep. But, um, you can write that podcast. It's certainly, uh, it's certainly <laughs> that might be season two <laughs> conversation for right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I might just ask Pastor Rowan to sum us up for this episode. Sure. Well, we've talked about this whole secularism and, and where it comes from, and so I think if I'm summing it up, I'm thinking, I'm encouraging, assuming you guys are listening to this, uh, uh, followers of Jesus, uh, I'm thinking that it's important to first of all recognise that secularists aren't our enemies, and that. Uh, at its core, a lot of the pure beliefs of the secular worldview that we would think we're against are actually values that come from uh, the Christian belief in the, the dignity of all people and the right that all people have to to their own choices that we believe is the God-given right of free will. And so for us to violate that is is actually unchristian. Mm. Um, one thing we haven't talked about which comes into it is I think we need to be wary of wanting our cake and eating it too. Mm. Um and so, you know, I'll often see Christians post on social media that, you know, oh, the Muslims get to do this or how, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. But then at the same time, in the next breath, they're posting because we don't have our rights. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. If you understood the mm. the way, the value system of the, what we really believe as Christians, yeah. then everyone has free choice. Mm. I don't think we have the right to, to claim our rights and and not expect other people to have to their freedoms because well. that's yeah. violating violating the free will of God yeah. that God has given to every human being. And, and, and in fact, the Christian life is giving up our rights. Mm. So it's finding a way to serve others mm. when our rights are being abused even. being yeah. You know, Jesus says, if you really, you know, want to live the Christian life, turn the other cheek. Yeah. And so I'm just, I guess I'm wanting to encourage you guys that are listening to, to just think through the implications of what it means so that we don't just get anti everyone who doesn't agree with us yeah that to me is very dangerous and mm. it's going to undermine what god has called us to do which mm. is reach people with the life transforming mm. heart transforming news of christ yeah mm. and on that bombshell <laughs> we'll 
finish. Yeah. Cool. Talk don't to you forget, next time. Don't forget to rate, rate, review, subscribe. Rate when review, that option is subscribe. available. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk yeah. to you in session four. Yeah. Bye.